Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor, and uh, welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be doing our monthly Catching Up on Blu-ray episode. Um, if you're not familiar, a Catching Up on Blu-ray episode is where Kyle and I take a look at the release calendar uh, for the physical media releases for films for the calendar month, in this case, May of 2019, uh, and just voice some of our thoughts about uh, the upcoming releases and uh on the way, we'll probably point out which movies we, we'd like to check out, which ones uh, are utter crap that nobody should check out, nobody should and, check uh, out. you know, which ones we might actually shell out some money to, you know, pay to put on our shelf someday. Um, that being said, uh, it looks like the first release day uh, just so happens to be the same day we're recording this. Uh, that would be May 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the first row of major releases we have here are all uh, re-releases, mm-hmm. um, but in 4K, uh, we have Black Hawk Down and Hannibal, uh, both Ridley Scott films, um, Hellboy 2. My God, I think every Blu-ray, every Catching Up on Blu-ray we've done has had a Hellboy release of some sort. <laughs> yeah, they're really trying to get some Hellboy money. I guess. I mean, I heard that that... Uh, that recent theatrical film, the David Harbour one, was not very good. Yeah, so well, it didn't maybe, impress. Maybe they're regretting like printing all these 4K discs, but um, thankfully never, Hellboy 2 is quite good. I've never watched uh, a movie on 4K, but I think that Hannibal would be one that I would probably like because it's. I like the way it's shot. I think it's a. I think it's a pretty handsome film. Uh, Ridley Scott has that reputation. I mean, I think one of his. Uh, titles one of his many titles is is like uh hollywood's best shooter um no he's known for putting some pretty amazing images in his films and putting a lot of attention to detail in the into the framing and like the color tone and whatnot and uh yeah hannibal is a is a handsome film i i still don't know that i really really like it but it's very watchable and it is quite nice to look at at times um, uh, next, though, we have a we have backdraft, yeah. uh, which I don't know that you've seen. Is that no, right? I haven't seen it. I would like you to see it. It's I just couldn't care less about firefighters. Sorry, like firefighter <laughs> movies just do not do it for me. How un-American of you! <laughs> I mean, I have I have friends. Uh, two two of my really good friends are firefighters. I'm like, yeah, that's that's great. It's a tough job, and it's it's you were it's an a important firefighter, job. right? I know, I was a firefighter. Um, <laughs> and I want nothing to do with them. Anymore. I just could not care less about their movies. I'm sorry. Well, I might still make you watch it because yeah, I know it's of... supposed to have the the best fire scene in a movie or something like that. And it was all done practically because mm-hmm. it was 1991. It was I think Ron Howard's first. Dire- I think it was his directorial debut. Um, it's the, the 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 cast is insanely stacked, and the the melodrama is is actually why I like it. It's so over the top. It's 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 like Tombstone level over the top. Oh god! <laughs> and I know you don't like. Oh, tombstone I can't stand either. Tombstone. Um, I'll just say it. Care, like I, from anybody who's told me I should watch Backdraft, it's kind of like when people say you should watch Django, uh, because there's a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio smacks his hand and really cuts it, and then just goes on with the scene. Backdraft is the same thing with. Oh, you should watch it because of the fire, the practical effects of the fire. You're not the only one that's mentioned it, and I've had a few other people say you should watch Backdraft because of that. Mm-hmm. That's not the selling point, actually. Not for me. Um, the selling point is the uh, 
the overacting of like, mm. uh, uh, across many people in the cast. Uh, the score by Hans Zimmer, 90s Hans Zimmer, mind you, when he was in love with his synthesizer, uh, is very, very good. Some of the mm. some of the major themes of it, I think, were used in trailers for like decades after because gotcha. they were that damn good. And it's I enjoy it, but then again, I was a kid when it came out, and I actually remember seeing like on like evening fucking magazine. <laughs> I'm from Seattle. For the people out there listening, uh, I remember like ha- them having like evening magazine segments about it before it came out because it was hmm. a really big fucking deal. Um, anyway, uh, beside that, we have uh, the Lego Movie Two, uh, the second part. Uh, did you see the first Lego Movie? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I did not. Uh, is it any good? It's fine. It's it. Uh, it's creative, quirky. Um, it has a few little funny bits here and there. It's not meant for me. Um, the guy who does Batman, I think it's Will Arnett. So yeah. any if he's doing voice acting, it's there's usually some pretty funny stuff. But uh, I wanted to watch the second one just because it seemed like it'd be kind of fun. But they won't let you just rent it. You have to buy it right now. Like they're not fucking around. Like no 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 no. You're you're gonna watch it, but you're gonna pay for it. Like you're gonna oh, you have to that, buy it. Is that so? Um, I think they swapped out directors for the sequel. Um, cause I, if I remember right, the first one, it was a, it was a pair of guys. It was the people who did, I think, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, if I remember right, they were original, they were the original directors assigned to do the, the solo Star Wars movie. Oh. Uh, and they were famously booted off the project and then, uh, Ron Howard was slotted in cause, uh, the higher ups weren't happy with how things were progressing. Um, but it looks like they have some different folks doing this one. Uh, I don't recognize their name, but I would imagine... Uh, they have a background in animation. Yeah. Uh, what's anyway. this broken flowers? This looks like a dramatic period, Bill Murray. Uh, I pulled it up, directed by Jim Jarmusch. Uh, I've been noticing a lot of of their filmography being re-released or, or published maybe for the first time uh, in HD recently. Uh, I think that uh, Johnny Depp movie, The Dead Man, came out, like, mm. what, a few months back? Yeah, it was, um, it was there a few, a few months ago. I don't know anything about this, but if you look at the cast and, you know, the pedigree of the director, it's like, uh, this is probably worth a watch. Yeah. Or at least some consideration. I probably wouldn't watch it. Exactly. I was going to say, some, it's probably somebody worth a watch right for somebody. Yeah. Somebody out there absolutely adores this film. Uh, for me, it's like, eh, whatever. It looks pretty <laughs> boring. Um, we have a 4K release of Forrest Gump. Yeah. It's a that's... very, very, very good film. Uh, a Robert Zemeckis film. I really, really like him. Uh, the Heiress is that a car- is that a Criterion film? Yes, that it is. is 1949. It's a bit too far back for me. Yeah, it, there is something to be said for like as as much as I'd like to say that you know I'm open minded when it comes to films. Uh, there actually is a, a bit of a cutoff date. <laughs> it's, like, it's hard for me to watch those old. I like I want to. I want to like those old noir, but. Old noir films, but I'm like they're just so fucking old, man. I'm sure they're like they're like the music's probably good and it's probably really nice to watch, just look at. But like it looks boring as sin. I think, I think like, I mean, a big reason why Citizen Kane always gets fingered as being like one of the most groundbreaking films of its day it had to do with like the the blocking of scenes and the editing and the framing, and I think until until that precedent was set like the way films were constructed just 
they didn't quite have it yet because mm-hmm. so much of acting I'm sure was based in, in theater technique and it's just a different beast. Yeah. It's like it's like the the media the medium hadn't quite found itself. I mean, nineteen forty nine is actually a little bit later, so I'm sure that nothing of what I just said applies to the heiress. But I uh, really liked Diabolic, Diabolique, the uh, French mm. horror film. Uh, I actually found it like it, it was engaging. I was surprised for how old of a film it was. I actually could sit through and watch it. So I probably could get through some of these movies. It's just the the motivation to do so is just not there. It's just a lot harder. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, I I tend to, I tend to prefer things from like the fifties onward. Um, I I mean, I have said it before though. The nineteen thirty eight Robin Hood movie was one of my favorite movies as a kid, and I, I can still go back to that and enjoy it. And it it does actually feel like a movie. Like it doesn't just feel like a stage play or something. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, we have an Arrow release. It looks like a Spaghetti Western, more than likely. Uh, the Grand Duel, starring Lee Van Cleef. Uh, very famous Western actor. Usually plays bad guys, but sometimes they let him be the good guy. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. Um, oh, They Shall Not Grow Old. Uh, are you familiar with this, Kyle? This is a documentary about World War One. Yes, it is. I would watch it. I see Peter Jackson on there, too. Um, Present, presented by Peter Jackson. Yeah, I would definitely watch it. Um, but I have... it's it's that's Watching horror movies is tough. Watching documentaries about old wars, that's even harder to sell a girlfriend on. <laughs> well, apparently the presentation of this is stunning. Um, and it's a massive undertaking, too, because like, uh, there's some details in there that my friend had to, like, really drive home the point of why this is significant because he was like explaining to me it's like you know like not only did they like colorize this footage like some of it they had to like do intense levels of research to to just find out how to colorize it because Mm. we don't have any evidence as to the coloring of these uniforms for the for all these soldiers from these different regiments and whatnot so like they had to contact historians and collectors and stuff to find out all these details and then they added sound to all the footage and stuff, so they had to like do a lot of intense audio recording, like very like a lot of attention to detail that didn't necessarily need to be there, but I guess they went the extra mile to make it palatable. Um, man, World War One has really had a moment in the past couple of years. I don't know why, but like there was this uh, Wonder Woman, uh, what a year or two before. Uh, the most recent Battlefield game was based on World War One. Uh, like, I don't know what it was about the like collective unconsciousness of, of the Western world, but it seemed like World War One had this like resurgence in recent days. That's because nobody's going to make a better World War Two movie than Saving Private Ryan. Uh, they've been <laughs> trying to do it, and they're just not successful. Um, so they're like, okay, we have to we have to go with a different war now. Like, we just have to try something different. Um, because try topping Saving Private Ryan, I don't, I don't think you can. I, I don't I don't think anybody's ever had the intention of trying to. <laughs> they knew right up front. It's like ah, fuck. No, I mean, find a <laughs> a better war movie in general. Like it's well, it's even a just the just the Omaha Beach landing sequence. Like yeah. not even the the entire film, but just that sequence. It's like name another movie after that that they attempted to reenact that sequence it's like it's been done yeah we can't like do even it. in the even in video games like i remember uh, call of duty 2 uh 
they completely skirted around that and instead had you uh, scaling a like a, a cliffside, which apparently was a real thing that was done by a certain regiment. But instead of doing the beach landing sequence, they're like, eh, people are going to have an image in their mind of how this went down, and we're not going to be able to live up to it. So let's, Medal just of do a, let's do a different beach landing. Medal of Honor Frontline is straight up uh, the Saving Private Ryan, the video game. Because there's at oh, yeah. least, there's several uh, like several uh, areas of that game where like this is just the movie. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I remember playing that on my friend's computer, and I... I, if I recall, there's even a scene where you're being yelled at to like pick up, get some Bangalores. It's like, yep. oh, this is just like the movie. We're banking. In fact, Medal of Honor, uh, if I remember right, was a DreamWorks production. So oh. they had they had like Spielberg's blessing to to do it to rip him off. I'm seeing a gem down here, just kind of scrolling down, but we'll get there. Oof. Okay. Well, you pick the next one. Oh, um. Uh, let's see here. Lego movie, a um, couple of what look like unwatchable old movies for me. The Man in the White Suit, Alec Guinness. Uh, I have been meaning to watch some old Alec Guinness. You have brought him up a couple times. I just don't know where to start. If, if anybody's out there, let me know. Don't say Star Wars episode 4. I already watched that. Uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, as far as I know, is like one of the good ones. There's like another. Was, I think he was a little older by then, though. There's another one I've got written down. Um... The Prodigy Prod- looks... That's a fucking terrible cover. Yeah, that looks stupid. <laughs> Unnerving horror? I doubt it. Um, I still haven't gotten around to Hagazusa. I just haven't had it. I haven't had an opportunity. Uh, Keep it in the back of your mind, because I have heard it's very good. I've already bought it. I just haven't watched it. Oh, well, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I told you. I just haven't, I haven't had a chance to. You're, you're she's here. to me. She's here oh, every she, night. She, she's here. She she just doesn't go away. She hasn't left <laughs> long enough for me to watch it when it's dark. Get a job, sir. <laughs> or ma'am. <laughs> she has a job. She just, you know, she works in the daytime and then she's home. Um, Put in some ooh. OT. <laughs> uh, the uh, man who haunted himself. Is that Roger Moore? Yes, Yeah, it, it doesn't look With a mustache. Good. He, yeah, he sh- he should not have a mustache. It it, it accentuates his jowls. I was gonna say it makes it 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 brings out his uh, his little face ass chin. <laughs> yes, he has a cleft chin. Uh, um, all about Lily Choo Choo. Sure, looks unwatchable. Um, uh, Rhinoceros. I, what is that? Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder. Yeah, I thought it was um um uh, oh god damn it we just talked Orson Welles. It looked like Orson Welles in the cover. No, I mean, this is the, what, the producers reunited. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the face of a modern urban life devoid of anything but an uninterrupted parade of dehumanizing compromise and disappointment, Stanley, Gene Wilder, tenuously guards his fragile individuality in between gulps of booze. <laughs> it sounds like a thrill a minute. Mm. Um, I mean, that's a great pairing. Uh, if that was on TV or something, I might sit down and watch a few minutes of it. Uh, we got the. Oh, we have the. What would what would you call this this like subgenre, Kyle? This is this is a remake, but it's a uh, like a gender flipped remake. Yeah, so what what men, men want? want? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like it's not a sequel. It's in a reimagining. I don't really know. It's 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 an oddly specific subgenre that's like starting to become a thing because i think 
I mean, I can't confirm because I didn't bother to read a plot summary, but there was a movie called Little that came out not too long ago that just looked like big in reverse. Mm. <laughs> and with I a wouldn't... girl instead of a instead of Tom Hanks. I'm not I wouldn't be surprised. That I mean, that probably did happen. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah, I don't know what Brando, we call it. Yeah. The Nightcomers from nineteen seventy one. That's an interesting cover. Yeah. And I'm sure that was 1971 did he still give a shit by then uh yeah i think he was i mean he was god at that point though like okay, he so he he had some fucks to give in 1971 yeah he yeah, he he was on top of the world at this point so he was still given a few fucks not many fucks but a few fucks <laughs> enough to get by he was still skinny-ish to... <laughs> probably gotcha he wasn't being shot above maybe the waist. maybe in shadow and above the waist um, Blaze, the only thing I, I know about this movie uh, is I seem to recall it was directed by Ethan Hawke, which I don't know what that means. I that mean, means it's probably not good. I mean, it means... Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what that means. I know it has it holds some significance, but like Ethan Hawke as an actor, like to me... I'd, Underwhelming. He, he, yeah, he, he does many things. Most of them are all right, but there's he, not like a, a single flavor that makes me think of Ethan Hawke. He's one of those guys, after uh, watching an interview he had on the, the Graham Norton show, he apparently, when he was filming, uh, what's that stupid, Oh, Captain, My Captain movie with Robin Williams? Dead Poets Dead Society. Dead Poets, yeah. Yeah, so apparently Robin Williams was in there just riffing, getting these boys to laugh, and Ethan Hawke wouldn't laugh. And he found him funny. It was just that he was. This was his first acting gig, and he didn't. He was trying to be professional, and he didn't want to laugh. And Robin Williams like kind of called him out and was trying to get him to laugh, get him to laugh. And apparently, uh, he never did. Like he never broke character in front of Robin Williams, which uh, probably had to burn him a little bit. But um, Robin Williams um, called. I guess uh, Ethan Hawke was up for another part, and Robin Williams called the director and said, "Hey." This kid's really good, and uh, he huh. kind of contributes. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice story, and I'm like, it's it's kind of funny. Like, Ethan Hawke is one of those actors that probably really takes the craft very seriously, and he really gets into character, and he just does a lot of not good movies. Like, I can't. I think Lord of War is the only movie I actually enjoy watching with him in it. Uh I mean, I I feel like he's a pretty good actor. It's just his particular skill set. He's he's the, he's a male Claire Danes. Like he he's a fairly regular guy that you can put him. You can slot him into almost any role. He'll do just fine. But he's not going to be the reason why anybody like really enjoyed the movie. He's not uh, funny. <laughs> he's not scary. He's he doesn't really have presence for me. Is what I'm trying to get at. And like he just doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, Kinda, he, he's it, a he's a weird thing because like I'm I've never hated him in anything, like no. I've never seen him and disliked him. It's just he's not really a selling point. No, but he, he, I mean he he's a working actor though, and you know give him credit for that. And I have seen some decent performances from him though. Um, yeah. everybody knows that looks like it's is probably that Penelope? A, yeah Penelope and what I can assume is either Javier Bardem. Yeah, you're right. Oh, uh, um, that, that looks sad. <laughs> yeah, that is a heavy. That's a heavy one. Um, I read about it. I don't remember. I read about it, and I knew from reading it that I didn't want to watch it because it was going to be heavy and sad. So, 
I just went Damn. ahead and skipped it's that. It's like, do I, I, think do it's I about... want to watch like <laughs> two really it's... beautiful people be really sad? <laughs> it's like an artist so. who artist who has like a terminal illness. It, pretty much, if there's a terminal illness, I'm like, I'm not watching it. It sounds awful. I have dysentery. <laughs> it it never stops. It never stops. It never stops. <laughs> um, the Sting. Uh, I'm guessing this is a re 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 release. Uh, I'm sure this has existed on Blu-ray for a long time. That is a dad movie. Uh, yeah, I keep um, I keep hearing that it's a good movie and I should watch it. But again, Paul Newman. I'm a little too too young for. Robert Redford to have any kind of appeal. Um, mm, my my dad made me watch both both guys' movies um, here and there, and so I have some appreciation. Did he a Clockwork I, I Orange it, you? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, you know, every once in a while, like something will be on TV, and Dad will just be like, "You're watching this," and it's like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." Uh, the most famous example of that was uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village. He's like, you want to see some Philly people? <laughs> I was like, mm. not really. He's like, well, too well, you're bad. Gonna. <laughs> you're gonna. Mm. Um, but yeah, the Sting I've heard is very good. I think there's a sequel also that's uh, well regarded. I'd like to see it sometime because I do like both of them. Hmm. Uh, Chicken Run, good times. Yeah. No, I I enjoyed Chicken Run. I don't uh, remember it. I remember Nick, watching it, but I just don't remember the movie. Nick Park, his uh, British stop motion animation director, uh, Wallace and Gromit guy. Yeah, obviously. Uh, he he just makes good product, and Chicken Run was pretty solid. It's the Great Escape, but with chickens. <laughs> yeah. And was, and Mel. Let's say Mel Gibson doing a kids movie. <laughs> yeah, it, he's a little bit out of place, but uh, it's fun. It's, and it, of course, it's it, very well animated. Mm. Uh, what else catches your eye here, Kyle? Not too much. I mean, swing vote, obviously. Uh, uh, that's the one I was obviously. thinking. We've got a gym down here. That's a movie we needed on Blu-ray. Anything Kevin Costner did after 1994 uh, it probably needs to be on a Blu-ray. Jesus. How did he make it out of the tooth? Mr. Brooks was okay, but I think yeah, that's the last. You've mentioned that before. It's, I, I, I have, it, it's an, I have an odd, I had odd feelings towards it because at the time I liked it. But it had Dane Cook in it, so it, he's like one of those things. Like you're not supposed to like him, and it's not mm. okay to like a movie that he's in. So I've been like shamed into saying it was an okay movie. And they're like, no, you're not supposed to like that movie. Give it a watch. You you tell me what you think. It probably doesn't hold up, but I haven't watched it in a long time. But I did not watch Swing Vote, obviously. Uh, no, he looks like Garth Brooks here. <laughs> he actually, yeah. Um, he's got the hat, Garth goatee. But, yeah. But yeah, he, he he's rocking the Garth Brooks. Um, an, American an American Tale. American Tale. Uh, I absolutely adored the second one. Uh, Five yeah, Goes Five West. Goes West. The, the first one was a little too dark and scary for me. Was Dom DeLuise in the first one? Yeah, he's in the both. cat. I didn't realize. I, mean, that. I thought the cat it's was a Don, the It's one. a Don Bluth film, so Dom DeLuise by default, has to be part of the cast. <laughs> oh, and then uh, oh, Jimmy Stewart, uh, he does the voice of the dog in the second yeah. one. Oh. Yeah, that's one of those <laughs> details that's totally lost on you when you're a kid, but like looking back, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> like, he wasn't even America doing a voice, he was just almost dead. Uh. Yeah, America was the voice of that dog. It's like Orson Welles doing the voice of Unicron in Transformers the movie. That was That's one of those things that as a kid, it's like, 
this means nothing to me, but like when your parents are watching it with you, they're like, you know, that guy doing the voice of that planet robot <laughs> was maybe the most important filmmaker of our time. <laughs> and now he's dead. Um, theory of sex everything. madness. <laughs> oh, the theory of everything. That must be a re-release because that came out a few years ago. Yeah. I didn't that watch was, it. That was Eddie Redmayne's Oscar. Uh-huh. Yeah, they they really love pushing Eddie Redmayne. They were pushed. He was about to get back to back. He was up for that Danish girl movie. I'm like, he's gonna get it again. And I I actually yeah, I was half expecting it, but yeah, somebody out there is really pushing hard for Eddie Redmayne to like be adored by everyone. But it's like, I he does nothing for me. Yeah, I get you. And when um, I heard his singing voice in that uh, Les Misérables, uh, I didn't the most watch recent that. one. I couldn't finish it because it's like three hours long and I got I actually got like two thirds of the way through. But when you hear his singing voice, it's like, I know this is I know this is technically good, but it does not sound good. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the whole movie technically doesn't sound good because it's not because it, yeah, they were all singing in the movie. So yeah. well, that was that was like supposed to be the prestige factor where it's like, yeah, we're not we're not dressing this up. Everybody who actually sucks at singing is going to sound sucky. I'm looking at you, Russell Crowe. <laughs> um, <laughs> up we have up next uh, ish. We have Paul, and you would think, Trevor, that I'd seen this because it has a few of my favorite things: um, mm-hmm. the guys from Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, and um, Seth Rogen. I, I've like deliberately avoided this movie because it looks so stupid. Oh, uh, I heard it wasn't bad actually. Yeah. I had some friends. I mean, it was 2011, so this was, like, yeah. was post college. So a couple of unemployed friends <laughs> liked it. <laughs> um, I think one of the Channel 101 guys it has a role in this one, if I remember right. Because I remember my friend telling me like, oh, you should you should watch it just so you can see like one of those guys from that website we went to a lot in high school. <laughs> um, what else we got uh, a bunch of re-releases it looks like that's yeah. the name of the game for may 7th uh bridesmaids re-release obviously what we do in the shadows very good film but also mm. a re-release uh curious george from 2006 i'm sure that's oh yeah will ferrell's on the cover so yeah that's that's from somebody that's likes that release uh the Lorax, fuck uh neighbors dragonheart this came up oh. like what Last time we recorded, this must be, what, the third or the fourth film? Uh, that first one came out in the 90s. This has got to be, like, f- I think probably fourth or fifth. I mean, it's probably in direct competition with The Scorpion King. So, yeah, probably oh, yeah. four or five. <laughs> we might. That'd be interesting. I kind of want to watch some of those uh, Scorpion King movies. You do? Just that they I look mean, awful. They look I terrible, mean, but like fun. Lou Ferrigno and Randy Couture. Oh, you lost me. me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dragonheart would be one better. Had Kelly Who, so you get that at least. But I think the sequels. Yeah, Randy Couture is the lead. I know Lou Ferrigno shows up in at least one of them. Uh, I think they get some pro wrestlers in there too. But those are those are the only people I remember. Uh, Sabotage. That's another re-release. That was uh, on the shelf. One of my favorite um, podcasts uh, have covered Sabotage, and it's got to be. It's one of my favorite episodes that they've done. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, um, oh, Savages! This movie came oh, up God. when we did the the Counselor. I hate that movie. It's so bad. 
but see, that makes me want to see it because <laughs> I've never seen it. But you you talk so much shit about it. I mean, we can do a catching up on cartel movies. That's that's totally something we could do, and this would be on there. <laughs> like you should watch it because you would definitely have problems with it. It's I haven't seen Traffic either. Oh man, I was literally thinking of Traffic today in the shower. It was <laughs> I was in the shower thinking of Traffic because uh, I I want Steph to watch it, but that's kind of a hard one to spring on your girlfriend. <laughs> We should watch Traffic. It's about uh, the cartel and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's about the cartel. It's really heavy stuff. By the way, the movie looks like someone peed on it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, it, when they go to Mexico. Um, Straight Outta Compton I never watched. Uh, I've been meaning to. It's just... it's Me it's too. Ha- yeah. it, I feel bad. I'm sorry. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I mean, it's, it's funny because um, I have so little connection to rap and hip-hop music like culturally yeah. or just like in terms of my own personal music taste but i recognize the, the historical significance of it because this is a an historic event that occurred in our lifetimes or at least mine yeah. um that i should probably know more about yeah uh, and if i have to learn about it via a movie starring ice cube's son <laughs> yeah. then so be it i think paul giamatti might be in there too though so at least i'll get that but yeah, I actually would like to see this because I've heard it's pretty good and it deals with stuff that I should probably know more about. Um, there's okay, so I'll just sum up the rest of this. Uh, Ted yeah. to uh, kids movies, a uh, dog dies, and uh, weird anime. I think I got it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, folks, um, I've been skipping most of the anime releases um, just because there's a lot of them. Uh, if you really care, though, the big ones that you need to look out for are Godanar and what uh, My Hero Academia. There's a new season out. Uh, I hear that show is very, very, very good. Um, I've actually heard that from a lot of people who don't give two shits about anime, so it must be good. Um, so moving on, though, uh, the following release week would be uh, May, May 14th. 14th uh, <laughs> we have a 4K <laughs> <laughs> we have a 4K release of the 1998 Godzilla film. Yeah. Uh, the Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich one. Uh, we talked, or I talked, and you listened for about almost three hours <laughs> about this movie. Yeah. <laughs> not much more to say about it, but uh, I don't need to see those not great CGI effects in 4K. Thank I you love, very much. I love, a ma- I love me a rainy movie, and it's a rainy movie. <laughs> Uh, um, funny watch game. Jurassic Park instead. Fuck. <laughs> isn't uh, Funny Games? Isn't this a French film that was remade, uh, remade for American like for uh, in America? Um, I'm not positive. Kind of curious. Uh, I think you're right. Um, I'm, I'm almost 100 percent certain you're right. Uh, I see that little Criterion symbol on it. Yeah, that's why I'm guessing this is the the French one. Or is it... Uh, uh, directed by Michael... I, I wish I knew how to pronounce French names, but it's Haneke. Haneke. Is it? Uh, 1997. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it must have done something right, because it did get an American remake, and it did get a Criterion release. Yeah. Uh, we have another Kevin Costner re-release, uh, Field Film. of Dreams in 4K. Never seen it. Uh, I saw it when I was a kid. It, it didn't. Ba- baseball's <laughs> right up there right up there with firefighting movies like could not care less <laughs> about baseball movies that's the thing i actually like baseball i like sports movies in general but baseball movies tend to be enjoyable um but the sport itself doesn't do much for me 
See, I would just rather watch baseball. Like, I can actually get into a baseball game. Movie about baseball? Uh-uh. Nah. <laughs> Can't do it. Mm, um, this gun for hire. This might be... This... I know this cover. Like, I know this uh, movie, uh, the, the poster, basically. Um, oh. Yeah. This is, I, I think, probably a pretty pretty uh, famous uh, noir film. It definitely looks like it. In 1942, I should hope so. That's a beautiful poster. Yeah, um, it's a really nice poster. It's a Shout Select release, though, so that it might be a little trashy. <laughs> uh, um, beside that, we have House of Games. Yeah, I don't know Criterion that's Criterion release, 1987. Oh, it's a David Mamet film. Um, I don't know it personally, but David Mamet, familiar. Criterion, probably good. Uh, Happy Death Day to you. Uh, apparently, that first Happy Death Day film was better than expected and because it's you know a slasher-esque film uh, and teenagers got to get laid somehow uh it got a sequel i did not even know there was a first one never heard of it <laughs> uh, i don't know how good the second one is but apparently the first one's a little better than you'd think i think the second one's supposed to be kind of decent uh as well okay. uh yeah uh paul 11 is this the gosling one mm, uh, that was first man uh, this, okay. I think, might be a documentary. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't. I can't speak to the quality of it, but, of course, they got the heavy hitters for interviews and stuff, so it's probably worth a watch if you're into space stuff. Uh, the Big Clock, 1948. Uh, know nothing about it. Don't recognize any of the names in it, but it's old, so somebody out there is probably going to think it's great. Uh, the Buster Keaton Collection. I'm sure that's fun. Um, I actually watched some of his stuff back in college. It was good times. Uh, Fighting with my family. Uh, this is a <laughs> this is an interesting little movie that I might like rent at the Redbox or something. Um, so this is about a uh, it's it's a based on a true story about a uh, British lady wrestler whose like entire family are wrestlers in England. Uh, her her uh, stage name is Paige. Uh, she actually joined the WWF or WWE. God, I hate saying that. Uh, I can't remember how many years back. Maybe like eight years ago. Uh, long story short, she ended up uh, getting kicked off the roster for like uh, violating the wellness policy, which means drugs. Um, but this movie was already in production at the time, <laughs> <laughs> so the company was like really back, like really like banking on this this movie like selling her as a character and stuff but now she's like not part of the roster and this movie comes out and it's actually supposed to be quite good uh the rock is on the cover obviously uh he financed a lot of it and he's in the movie because he can't help himself but i've heard it's pretty good it's a interesting story and i like me some wrestling so i'll probably watch it uh, cold pursuit um I think Liam Neeson is pretty much making movies that you're not supposed to watch. Like, he's literally... I, mean, I did that Taken Don't movie, watch this film. Good. I did it. It was good. And then I did two more. And now I'm doing all the movies you shouldn't watch. Doing a lot of movies that you shouldn't watch. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a remake of, like, a... Oh, so it's based on the 2014 Norwegian film. Um the trailers for this, I guess, got a lot of buzz on the YouTube and stuff because it looked utterly ridiculous. Um, those Liam Neeson movies you say nobody should watch, I'm the guy who watches them. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was about to ask, like, who's his audience now? Is it dads? I don't. I just don't know. No, it's Trevor. <laughs> oh, 
Um, I like watching him punch people. It makes me happy. Um, and I'll probably end up watching this uh, just just because of that. I've always really liked Liam Neeson as an actor. I, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's almost entirely bone structure based. <laughs> It's yeah. just like he has a good face for film, and that's that's all I need. <laughs> See, I feel the exact opposite. I'm like he's never impressed me. Like from a, from a physical standpoint, just him the way he looks. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of just forgettable. Like uh, I forgot for the longest time that he was in Star Wars Episode One. I'm like, oh yeah, that was Liam Neeson. Yeah. Well, he was he was playing Qui Gon Jinn. He's yeah. not a character. He's just like wise old sage who's just he's just there to fall down at the end mm-hmm. that's the only reason that character exists but i i, I don't know i've just always liked him um, yeah, that's fine I, I probably will end up watching this because um, I've, I've seen him in bad movies and they're they're usually forgivable in fact like some of the slightly not shitty ones were probably the more disappointing just because they're forgettable like the a-team Holy oh shit, my that god was, that was a nothing little film that didn't need to happen. I forgot about that. I've... Everybody did. No, you know what's really crazy about that is like I think the same year we got the A Team, the Losers, and the Expendables. And it's like all these men on a mission movies. And I don't know if any of them was good in the traditional sense. <laughs> Probably but, not. But it was really funny because I remember when the Losers came out, I was like, Oh my God, how many comic book movies is is Chris Evans gonna do? It's like really he he has played at least a half dozen comic book characters. Not feels not, like it. J- not just Captain America. It's nuts. Uh, anyway, uh, Eyes of Laura Mars uh, looks like Faye Dunaway. That's kind of a cool cover. It's very yeah. Bond esque. Uh, from 1978. Oh shit! Directed by Irvin Kirshner. Do you know who that is, Kyle? I am familiar. Uh, that would be the Empire Strikes Back fella. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Link. <laughs> I kind of love this cover because it's a monkey holding a match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that looks pretty awesome. And it, oh, shit, Elizabeth Shue. I love Elizabeth Shue. Uh, so evil monkey movie, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. Beside, beside a benevolent monkey movie, King Kong in 4K. Um, Ghosts of Mars, holy shit. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a re-release, but that is, that is a... Uh, that is a John Carpenter movie that doesn't need to exist. Yeah, I've I've seen that. <laughs> I remember watching that one. Yeah, man, it is not good. No. Um, as much as I love John Carpenter, that movie has some problems. <laughs> I love this the cover of this Devil's Nightmare. Uh, very. Check that out. Very nice. Uh, is that? It's funny that a uh, cloaked figure makes me think of what uh, was it? Ingemar Berkman. The uh, seventh seal. Yeah, it does kind of. Yeah, look it like. makes it makes me well, think of that, but I'm sure well, this is a much trashier and not as good film. <laughs> he kind of looks like Nosferatu a little bit, but it, it definitely looks like a Dracula movie. But why is why is that landlord movie making me think of suggestive things? Uh, it's it's a succubus, so it's a female demon that um bangs people. So okay. Uh, yeah. And I think it might be French or definitely European, so uh, that might be fun. <laughs> 1971. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it might be good, trashy fun, you know. Mm. 
It's like a beach party movie in a castle. <laughs> uh, oh, triple threat. Yeah. Uh, I talked at length about this. I did an entire episode off the show, which you out th- you folks out there should probably listen to if you give a shit. I'm sure you don't. Um, but this was like one of the big, big, big movies for me this year because it stars like a whole shit ton of great martial like martial artists and film uh, in one movie. Uh, it's a little under budget, but uh, it's it's good fun for what it is. Um, the Chosen. I've I've been getting clips of this in in my Twitter feed a lot lately, and it looks cool. The Chosen. Like the, you you need to look up the trailer for this movie. It looks cool. From nineteen. Uh, that that image, the cover. Yeah. Of of like Kirk Douglas opening this like light oh. blast like backlit doorway. It looks super cool. It's like, Kirk I don't Douglas. Know what, yeah, I don't know a damn thing about it, but it just looks cool. And it's from 1977, so it probably had that weird, like, exorcist vibe to it, where it's like, this is going to be supernatural and crazy and violent, because it's the late 70s, and that's what we do. Oh, okay. An executive in charge of a Middle Eastern nuclear plant discovers his son is the Antichrist and sets out to stop him from using the nuclear power to wipe out mankind. Wow. So, the omen, but with a nuke. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> Um, oh, beside that, we have uh, Wakaliwood, super action. Um, are you familiar with Wakaliwood? Absolutely not. Oh. Um, so, I forget what country in Africa, because, um, you know, Africa is comprised of countries. <laughs> um, yeah. Some people forget that. <laughs> um, anyway, it's a, it's a country in Africa that uh, has... They're very prolific in their film production. However, they have zero resources. <laughs> they they make they make up for it with pluck <laughs> and enthusiasm. Anyway, I guess these movies made their way onto the internet, uh, like you do, and uh, people like laughing at them because they're inept productions that are. They look like somebody shot it in their backyard, and you know produce the special effects on a toaster put through a computer monitor or something it looks like two potheads watch machete and like let's make a movie that is kind of what they're like and they're they're crazy fun and i guess somebody i hope somebody is actually getting the money to the people who made these films because i'd be really upset if if they just jack their product and start printing it and you know they're selling it they're selling it. <laughs> um, I've got to ask, what kind of actor of Steve, is Steve Gutenberg? Because I've only seen him in a couple of movies. Oh, but, fuck. Um, yeah, I've only seen him in, like, It Takes Two and The Big Green and Three Men and a Little Lady. But he's also in, like, this is a movie called The Bedroom Window, which looks like a sexual thriller of some kind. It does. Um, Steve Gutenberg is, like, a polite Jason Bateman. <laughs> okay. Um which doesn't leave you from. with much, because Jason Bateman's a notorious asshole. Yeah, well, he plays a notorious um, asshole. I don't know if he's but, a, yeah, an actual he, asshole. Steve, Steve Gutenberg's just kind of like a normal guy, except he's a little bit snarky. He's like a not-as-clever Bill Murray. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that's I think that works. But yeah, this looks like that. an erotic thriller of some yes. sort. He, he is not the right man for that production. <laughs> Uh, uh, erotic thriller needs to have Nicole Kidman because she can do erotic thriller. She's been in several erotic thrillers. Uh, yeah, but you you don't pair her with that. <laughs> Dead calm, malice. Uh, I wouldn't say Eyes Wide Shut's a thriller. It's weird. Uh, but malice, malice is one I want to revisit because um, 
Alec Baldwin. I think that's one of Alec Baldwin's better movies. Uh, you've you've brought it up before, and I haven't seen it, so maybe we should I, do it. I don't know if it's any good. He tells the dude he's gonna kill him if he ever. He says, "If you ever tell me that we're losing a patient on the operating table, I'll kill you." And it feels real. You're like, okay, I think he's actually gonna kill you. Um, can we talk <laughs> about the Jurassic Dead? Because this looks like zombie dinosaurs. I think you're right. I kind of want to watch this. Uh, let me read the summary. A, a cracked scientist aligns with the axis of evil to bring down the U.S. of A. with EMP blasts, toxic zombification gas, and an unleashing of the ultimate undead killing monstrosity, the Z-Rex. Oof. Um, it's got 6.5. 2017. Uh, I do not... Wild Eye Releasing is who printed the disc. However... Uh, I don't know who actually produced the film. I, I would assume this is an like an asylum production. It uh, looks it, like fun. The, the color looks like the cover looks like one, but I, I can't be certain. It looks like fun. I uh, I, I might buy it on Blu-ray <laughs> if let, I can find it super look, cheap. Look up a trailer first. Um, maybe we can do it for Halloween or something. <laughs> um, um, conduct that we have. Oh. Uh, no, Yakuza no, no. Conduct Unbecoming. That's a striking cover. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a movie I've got on my uh, uh, my list to watch. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but I, I thought it was this, but it's not. Um, it's about um, a Nazi concentration uh, a Nazi concentration camp having, uh, guard having an affair with a Jewish woman, and then after it's over, I think they reconnect. And it's it's supposed to be... Uh, kind of a wild film. It's from the 70s. I can't ah. think. So this is about the British in India. Mm. Uh, oh, shit. Look at this cast. Michael York, Richard Attenborough. That would be John Hammond himself. Uh, Stacy Keach and Christopher Plummer. Oh, Jesus. Stacy Keach. That hair lip. Um, I love Stacy Keach. He's great. He's terrifying. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But he's great at it. Yeah. Um, beside that, we have Backdraft 2, which I, I think when I first found out about this like a month or two ago, I texted my brother. I was like, what the fuck? Because, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you haven't seen Backdraft, but it does not strike you as... When you finish the film, you do not see any inkling of like a sequel. Like There's there's not much more left. No, it's kind of um, like Titanic 2. It's like, uh, nah, I think we pretty much wrapped it up. <laughs> it's just like, nah, I, th I think the ship's gone. Uh, but yeah, uh, Backdraft 2 exists, and Billy Baldwin's in there. And I think they got Donald Sutherland, which is like, fuck, man, you're better. You than can that. get him. He's not hard. <laughs> I know, but I'd like to think he's better than that. Um, <laughs> but, oh, Valentine. Um, this is. I don't think this is good. Um, but I've heard this is this is like fun if you're into like martial arts movies and stuff. Hmm. Uh, 2017. Dang, it's been sitting on a shelf waiting for distribution for almost two years. That's kind of sad. Uh, Anaconda. <laughs> I don't know how many times this has been released on Blu-ray, but. Uh, if you had, if I was actually keeping track of how many times I've watched each movie I, I've, I've watched in my lifetime, Anaconda might be one of the more watched ones. I've seen it a couple of times. John Voight, you, 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 you go back for John Voight every time. It's, 
It might be his best movie. <laughs> Some would say you Midnight know, I, Cowboy. I, I, I won't. I won't fight you on that. <laughs> Some would say Midnight Cowboy. I'm like, I think it's. I think it's Anaconda. <laughs> I think you're wrong. I think it's Anaconda. <laughs> I think it's Anaconda. <laughs> um, Emil Hirsch is. I remember when he was a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. what happened with him? I I swear to God, that kid that's in Solo looks just like Emil Hirsch. And that was probably what happened, was that the directors for that movie kept calling the guy that played Han Solo in the Solo movie, mm-hmm. Emil, and he just finally just lost it. And he's like, they're calling me by the wrong name. I'm not Emil Hirsch. Like, <laughs> we know what Emil Hirsch looks like, and you're Emil Hirsch. Yeah, Emil Hirsch did have a... He had a moment there. It was like in the late 2000s. Um, did he do Speed Racer? Because I think that might be what screwed him. He did Speed Racer. I think uh, he was good in Milk. Um, I forgot about Milk. He did that uh, Sean Penn movie about the kid that dies in the van. Um, <laughs> 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 was it Into the Wild, I think? Um, it's too late now, then, but I want to just... Jerry Stiller describing movies. Just, <laughs> just recapping yeah, movies. To, we need to do a callback to that because I do think that would be a great. He I'm should, sorry. That should be how he lives out the the end of his days. John, having a Twitter and and <laughs> writing descriptions of films. John Cusack looks like uh this is this is crazy. I was about to ask him like, is this an Emil Hirsch Jackie Chan movie? Because from if you look, oh fuck, he looks like Jackie Chan with that he hat. Does. For some reason, he looks like Jackie Chan. He is he turning does. Chinese? I <laughs> think. John Cusack's um, turning Chinese. I, I could be wrong, but I th- I think he did a movie with Jackie Chan. He did. He did. The, it's yeah. called the Dragon Blade. Oh, I think. Oh, it's been on, it's been on my radar for a long time because it looks absolutely stupid. Adrian Brody, John Cusack, yeah. and Jackie Chan. Yeah, I remember when that came out, and I was like, oh no. Yeah, that looked <laughs> really bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Emil Hirsch had a moment, but I think the last time I may have seen him was uh, Lone Survivor. I didn't watch that. That was a I don't want I don't watch those movies. I can't do those. Um, um Boogie Boy, that's a Mark DeCosco's film, so I'm interested. Uh, he's about to have a he's about to have a moment. Um I'm calling it now cuz he's like criminally underappreciated. He's not a good actor. He's a fabulous martial artist. Um playing the uh, chairman on the Iron Chef show like I'm sure that was a great paying gig, but it also kept him from doing movies and stuff. Um, but he is one of the main antagonists in John Wick 3. Uh, so I'm actually very curious to see if, like what he, what he's still got left in the tank. Because I, se- I haven't I'm... seen him do a, a straight-up like action performance in quite a while. Can't um, think so of I'm excited to see him on the big screen again. Mask Mutilator, that looks like uh, Machine, the movie. Yeah, oh, when I when I uh magnified the image, I think that's drawn. Like that's not a photo. Yeah. And it looks badly drawn too. Yeah, it doesn't look very And good that either. looks to be a wrestling ring. So he's a murdering wrestler. Yeah. Uh that well, Birds of Passage cover is pretty cool looking. Yeah. It it um it's it's a cool cover, but it looks like I'm gonna learn something. Yeah, the summary here says during the marijuana marijuana bonanza a violent decade that saw the origins of drug trafficking in colombia 
Rapayat and his indigenous family get involved in a war to control the business that ends up destroying their lives and their culture. That sounds heavy. Yeah, that's... What is that is a cool cover, though. Lifelike? Who is that? Uh, That looks stupid. Yeah, Addison Timlin uh, from Californication and uh, Drew Van Acker from Pretty Little Liars, which apparently is like very popular tv show hmm. yeah you can keep it yeah um, kind of running out of steam here uh hentai heaven uh <laughs> volume seven so so that's that's the one anime release that you point out <laughs> well trevor it's the most obvious one for me to point out because it's the only thing i know about <laughs> you're just trying to like be- you're just trying to reinforce your agenda man no i'm just saying like i just found it it Curious, isn't it? Uh, it's out on a Blu-ray collection. It's a three-pack. <laughs> <laughs> so it's discount porn. It's, it's a Costco porn. Um, who's, who's getting? Who's getting their porn in? Like, who pays for yeah, it? Who is what I'm asking. But that's a um, very... Okay, if you have porn that you have to pay for, you probably need to stop watching porn. That's the best... That I think that should be a good way to go about it. Yeah, I, I, I think I can back that. All right, so, looks like <laughs> Let's move on from that. Uh, uh, so, the next week's releases are uh, May 21st, and the first big one is uh, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Is this the third one? I don't know. I didn't I, watch any of those. I actually kind of liked that first movie, but I I have not kept up with them at all. No. I just cannot give a shit. No, could not uh, care less. They're not for um, us, Trevor. So, am I right that we don't talk about T.J. Miller anymore? Uh, yeah, I was kind of defending him there for a minute, just because uh because I know that there was a uh he told a story uh that he had like some kind of brain aneurysm or something. It, he had something wrong with his brain, and it was making him act erratically, like he was just acting crazy. And then he went to the doctor, and he's like, like yeah, I've been drinking and doing drugs like crazy, and I've been having this odd behavior. And the doctor's like, yeah, well, you have something pushing on your brain. And I'm like, oh, that was probably why he had that erratic behavior and why he's been misbehaving. But then he did more shit after apparently he got it fixed. I'm like, okay, no, I think he might just be a piece of shit. Um, yeah. He's climbing. Yeah. He's climbing it's, that piece of shit It's funny because like, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, and the, the folks on the show were talking about Silicon Valley, the TV show. And they couldn't remember the name of this one actor who's not on there anymore. And I was like, you mean T.J. Miller, <laughs> the guy that we yeah. don't talk about anymore? And it's funny because I just clicked on the uh, the uh, description of How to Train Your Dragon. Um, and I do not see his name listed among the chief members of the cast. So maybe he got pushed out of that, too. Kind of a this shame because he is usually is the funniest funny. part of anything he's in. He was He's on... Um uh pete holmes show uh crashing which i like the first season of i found it really enjoyable he's in there for a couple of episodes and he's fucking hilarious the new season of crashing is really sucking so and <laughs> actually they they dropped an episode that kind of had some backlash with a comedian of some comedians i was watching a, a video about like he uh it, we can get into that later it's not a big deal um <laughs> Uh, uh, so what else we got? We got a re- uh, this might be a first time on Blu-ray. Uh, Earthquake from 1974. Yeah, I part, like the part of the uh, the great 1970s uh, glut of disaster films. 
Uh, I'd like to see this. I never have, but um, I mean, I re- there there are like two special effects tricks that are guaranteed to. Well, there's many, but <laughs> like <laughs> like two two that are guaranteed to capture my interest are uh, stop motion and miniatures. And uh, 1974, an American production dealing with a, a natural disaster. I'm sure there are some gorgeous miniatures that I would very much like to see. Uh, Crank in 4K from 2006. Uh, I don't know if the people who directed these films, uh, Crank and Crank High Voltage, ever went on to do anything more other than Ghost Rider 2. Um, but they they have that reputation for like having a very energetic filming style that it works for some people, doesn't work for others. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, though. I should probably look them up afterwards. Uh, the next row gets very sexual. Uh, yeah, it's intensely sexy. The, I mean, it. Bitter Moon, Roman. Oh Jesus, a Roman Polanski film. Speaking of, we don't talk about them anymore. Yeah, he's a piece <laughs> of garbage. Uh, but Hugh Grant, Kristen Scott Thomas, and a in a Roman Polanski joint. I mean, I uh, kind of yeah. have my curiosity. I'm like Roman, <laughs> Roman Polanski, Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant in a Roman <laughs> Polanski film. And apparently, a woman driving her shoe into his nuts it's turning me on it's it's working for me um and then you why, have me. why is a spaceship flying into tommy lee jones's eye T- tommy lee jones <laughs> and linda hamilton in black moon rising i've never heard of this but it looks like fun i need this in my life yeah what is this i'm gonna i'll read a professional thief is hired by the fbi to, no he wasn't to steal a data tape from a company under investigation the analysis of this tape will prove the criminal activities of this company I don't think they're allowed to do that. As this thief is discovered in his attempt, he hides the tape inside a prototype car, but unfortunately, there's someone else interested in this vehicle. That so actually, it's, not, it's Knight Rider meets Johnny Mnemonic? Why don't you take a look at one of those riders? Uh, did you click on the picture? You don't have to. I'll tell you. Uh, John Carpenter. Oh, in 1986? Yeah. Uh, I need this in my life. Yeah. And by the way, the, the font they used for the title makes me think of... Uh, Showdown yep. in Little Tokyo. Oh, I was I was gonna say Deep Rising. I, I thought I was thinking of Deep Rising on there. Nah, it just has the word rising. But <laughs> true. Uh, um, the seduction. The seduction. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-two. Uh, Morgan um, Fairchild. Uh, that's probably not any good. Um, I'm sure it's not. Oh, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Major creepy. Nineteen ninety-five. So this was this was late years. Uh, Christopher Lambert and oh Joan Chen you consistently almost had a career oh shit John Lone um if you aren't familiar with John Lone he was like the one Chinese guy you can only have one at a time in the in like from the 80s to the 90s you can only have like one Asian guy working in Hollywood at a time he was the one guy in the 90s uh he is a Ricky Tan (laughs) from from Rush Hour 2 yeah uh, and he was the last emperor in The Last Emperor. Very good actor. Uh, Let the Sun Shine In. Is that Miss Binoche? Yes. 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 Juliette Binoche. Just lovely. Uh, she's English patient, right? Uh, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think she's English patient. Wow. A criterion from 2017. Wow. Usually, I'm used, I'm used to them like pulling older films into their catalog, but that must have been good. Mm. Oh, did you ever see this Anthony Hopkins Nixon film? No. 
didn't. Neither did I, but the, the marketing for it, uh, again, this is from 1995, um, so... I was old enough to like to have it register with me that this is important because it's on TV a lot. Uh, it's it's an Oliver Stone movie about politics, so I'm sure it's heavy-handed as fuck, mm-hmm. um, and probably not all that truthful <laughs> to the to the actual history. But you know, um, his movies usually have an energy to them that is enough to keep you interested. I'd watch it. Um. Trapped Alive, the cover looks good, I guarantee it's awful. Um, some RKO yeah. classic, classic romances, classic adventures. Isn't it romantic with Rebel Wilson? I She has a fan base. I think my girlfriend likes her. I'm not sure. That was the Valentine's Day release this year, I think. I think you're right. That, wow, that came out fast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Upside, this would be uh, the Brian Cranston, and is that Kevin Hart, I think? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it kind of came and went. Didn't get much fanfare. No. Uh, poor Brian Cranston. Uh, <laughs> oh, Kevin, Hart doesn't, Kevin Hart doesn't need to do movies anymore. He can stop. He has enough money. He doesn't have to work anymore. And I think no, he Cranston, doesn't have to do anything. Brian Cranston made enough from Breaking Bad. He probably, he probably doesn't have to work anymore. No, but you know, if you spend that many years of your life consistently working, I, you know, why not keep it going? He needs to disappear was, for a he while. Was, <laughs> he was on every sitcom ever. <laughs> yeah, he's on How I Met Your Mother. He's Breaking Bad, Malcolm in the Middle, Seinfeld. I don't think he ever showed up in Friends. He was in uh, King of Queens. Like, did he show up in? He's in everything. Frasier, maybe <laughs> I. I would. I would think he'd show up in Frasier. I think that was more around that. I time. could see that happening. Yeah. I can't re- confirm, but I would not be surprised at all. Is that Kyle McLaughlin? McLaughlin? Where are you looking here? The Bostonians? Oh. No, Christopher oh. Reeve. I, the chin. I, I all I could see was a dude <laughs> with a chin, and I'm like, is that Kyle? No, that looks that looks like a snooze. Bon Von Richthofen and Brown. Did uh, you get Did you get into <laughs> westerns at all? Do you like westerns at all? Uh, because they mm, just I've tried, not man. Really. Contemporary, I can kind of get through a couple. Even the the three ten to Yuma remake was okay. Uh, I just can't get into westerns, man. It's, it's I hard. I like a select few, but it's not a genre that like a new one comes out and I say, oh, I'm gonna see that. I I, I just kind of skim the top basically when it comes to the my viewing of westerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some of my favorite movies are westerns, but. Uh, that's just, I guess, coincidence. Uh, uh, all the shafts, <laughs> uh, shaft triple feature. Um, I I keep forgetting that there's a new shaft coming out uh, this year. I think. Who is it? I can't remember. But they that the gimmick is that it's like an entire family of shafts. So it's the clumps, but shaft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I can't remember who plays the new shaft though. Um. Big Brother, this is a Donnie Yen movie that I actually already have on my shelf and have had for quite a while now. Um, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's Dead Poet Society, but in Hong Kong and with <laughs> punching. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and, it, yeah, it ends with an MMA fight in the school between a teacher and a gangster. It's pretty fucking great. Uh, it's surprisingly entertaining. Uh, it's, it is, like, popcorn entertainment to the extreme, though it's utterly devoid of substance 
Uh, it uh, is actually kind of surprising the way they choreographed the action, though, because Donnie Yen is, oh, he's over fifty now. Um, he's getting towards the end of his career, um, but the the rough and tumble style they used for the choreography was kind of impressive because it's a lot more wrestling, like like straight up like collegiate style wrestling, and like joint locks and and throws and stuff, and the, a lot of a lot of nasty bumps happen in the movie, so it's less like traditional hong kong martial arts than it is like mma shit so it's i'm trying impressive to, i'm uh trying to get my girlfriend to watch the original plan of the apes and it's really difficult she's never in the mood to try to watch it i've had to watch both of those kingsman movies have you seen them at all uh the first one it ends in anal yeah the first one <laughs> <laughs> what's your porn, point <laughs> porn doesn't even end in anal but I'm just saying, if they pop up, those movies are they're bad. They're so was, bad. So the second one was no good. No, the first one was better. I'm like at least. See, the, I mean, everybody likes a training montage. Um, there is no training the, montage. It's not a montage, but him being in school essentially. It's a. Yeah. It's a. It's a school. That was tale. fun. It's, it's Harry Potter but with spies. Yeah. Um, but condensed. Um, that part of the movie I really enjoyed, like the first two thirds of it. But that last third, I don't know if it was budget related. But did you happen to notice how many times he ran up and down the same hallway? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. It, I was like, did we not have enough money for a set or something? And in fact, like, there's that scene where he like runs through a whole bunch of bad guys. He goes into the complex, bad shit happens, and then he runs all the way back to the plane. And then he runs all the way back into the complex. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this? I've never uh, I've never seen a, a Sam Jackson performance that I found annoying, but he was so annoying in that movie. Like that, yeah, the lisp. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, – Steph's like, well, what, what's, what's the problem? He's just, doing a, he's just doing a lisp. I'm like, yeah, but he's not. he doesn't do a lisp. Like it's not – he's not that actor. He's not that person. And credit to him for trying something different, yeah. but just it didn't quite It land. didn't work. I, I agree with you. Um, Trading paint, yeah, Travolta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that a race car driver movie? Yeah. Uh, if that's free, I'm watching it. Like yeah. if it ends up on Amazon, I'm watching that. I would watch uh, that. Yeah. I watched uh, I Am Wrath. Uh, <laughs> it's him and a uh, Maloney, uh, the guy from the CSI show. Oh yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. Uh, it's, it's the two of them, like just killing an entire neighborhood basically without consequence it's it's horrible and it, oh by the way it's produced by the power rangers people <laughs> oh, gotcha. um what else we got here uh, uh this i would think that looks like marlon brando and like yeah that is marlon brando like i just read the description for this uh moratori um oh, yule, yule brenner yeah yule brenner um he is uh ramesses from the ten commandments damn straight uh, did you Yul know Brenner's that a badass? <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that movie and the. Uh, I didn't know for the longest time, uh, the Kirk Douglas Spartacus movie is Stanley Kubrick. Did you know that? Yeah, I, yeah, I had I, no idea. Yeah, I mean it was early in his career. Yeah, I think, but, very but very yeah. early. But yeah, um, it's actually one of. I haven't seen that many Kubrick films, and that is one that I have seen. He yeah. doesn't disappoint, but. Yeah, this is probably very good. Uh, I really like Yul Brynner. He's cool. <laughs> he just says that great, he, like in wrestling terms. He just has that like look, you know. 
It's like even if he sucked as an actor, just the looking at him would be cool. Uh, and a bunch of anime. Um, n- nothing that jumps out at me because uh, I'm not up to date with this stuff, nor do I choose to be. Uh, <laughs> Brian Callen has a, a special apparently coming out on Blu-ray. Complicated yeah, Apes. Yeah, I don't need to see his stand-up. I'm fine. He's fun. He's fun in podcasts, but I don't need to see his act. I don't need to see it. Um, so moving on to the next week, May twenty-eighth. First up, we have Blue Velvet, the David Lynch film, nineteen eighty-six <laughs> on Criterion. I've on Criterion release of that. Okay, I haven't <laughs> watched it. Uh, I've seen the good parts, uh, the uh, the tasty Dennis Hopper parts. Um, Actually, I, we were thinking about we're thinking about getting a cat, and we're bouncing off names. I'm like, I think we should name it Dennis Hopper. And she's like, Who's Dennis Hopper? I'm like, um, <laughs> I was trying to explain. Like, Easy Rider. Um, he's in Apocalypse Now. Uh, I'm just trying to. Uh, Waterworld. She's never. She hasn't seen Speed. She hasn't seen Waterworld. Um, so I'm like, uh, He's in Blue Velvet. King, King Koopa. <laughs> King Koopa. Yeah, he's, he's uh, Super Mario Brothers. He's King Koopa. <laughs> so she didn't know, so I just explained the scene from Blue Velvet. And she's like, yeah, I don't think I want to name the cat Dennis Hopper. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. You don't get a cat, you don't get a cat named Dennis Hopper. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Uh, I really I enjoyed this movie. I just rewatched it a few, about a, maybe a little less than a year ago. Uh, that's, that's funny, because I think last time we recorded, you brought this one up. Yeah, Wesley Snipes as uh, I was like Wesley Snipes going in, in drag for a performance. Like he's not the kind of actor you think that would do that, and he does a you know pretty decent job. Uh, I think f- uh, what's his face uh, Swayze punched John Leguizamo on the set because <laughs> he was uh, just kind of riffing and doing a lot of improv and stuff. John Leguizamo is terrifying in drag. I'm sorry, like he's <laughs> scary. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I seen what he looks like as a clown. And, yeah. Uh, I think that was around the time he did the pest. So uh, yeah, I'm sure he was quite annoying and terrifying at the same time. Double impact. I'm gonna ask, but somehow I already know the answer. Um, <laughs> have you seen this? <laughs> uh, you know, Kyle, I may have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this would be the the Van Damme movie wherein there is two. There are two Van Dams. Um, oh, believe a good it or not. W- Th- there's actually more than one movie in which this happens. <laughs> is he good? Is he good? Van Damme, uh, repl- bad Van Damme. Replicant, I think, is the other one. Uh, but yeah, there's they're twin brothers. They're separated at birth. Oh. There's like bad boy Van Damme, and then like 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 I don't know, cream puff Van Damme. Uh, this is the movie that has one of my favorite lines he's ever spoken. Um, Pick up your silk underwears and get the hell out of here. It's uh, like I kind of want to watch yeah, it. Silk underwears. Um, it's a fun one. Uh, they uh, they get Bolo Young in there again, who I wouldn't expect you to know, but he's the bad guy from uh, Bloodsport. Mm, nope, uh, they, I do. They've worked they've worked together a few times, but yeah, this movie's fun. Uh, it's from 1991, so you better believe the uh, like dual screen effect of having both of them on in the frame at the same time is not very good. Um, but it's fun. I I enjoy it. Uh, what else we got here? We got the three burials of Melchiades Estrada mm. from 2005. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, looking like Tommy Lee Jones. Barry Pepper. Okay, never mind. That's <laughs> uh, a hard pass for I'm, me. Thank I'm you. Out. <laughs> I'm out. Sorry, yep. lost me. Uh, 
When a Stranger Calls Back? That sounds like a sequel title. That's Carol Kane in a leading role, so no. Bye. Uh, what Sorry. else we got? Oh, Climax. I, I've heard a lot of shit about this. This is a Gaspar No film. It's got a Rotten no Tomatoes way. sticker on it, so that's usually. I mean, they, they, you know, they got to do that because nobody's going to see it otherwise. That's how I know uh, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's apparently a very, very, very lewd film, but uh, in terms of like quality of filmmaking, it, it got some praise. Um, so if you're feeling artsy, maybe give it a watch. Mm. Uh, I actually don't know how to pronounce his name. Gaspar No or No Way. Mm. Um, I know him by reputation. I don't think I've ever actually seen one of his films. Uh, hey, Peter Cushing in The Uncanny. That's a terrible cover. That's a terrible <laughs> cover. <laughs> That's a really bad cover. Uh, it's a cat, a giant cat apparently, snarling at Peter Cushing, and he doesn't look terribly concerned about it. He's just kind of like staring off into the middle distance because it's obviously a production photo that had nothing to do with what's happening on the cover. Uh, boom, Elizabeth Taylor and Dick Burton. I'm assuming this is a movie when they were married. Uh, uh, that was yeah. yeah, something along those lines. So that's a hard pass. Um, I love the color, uh, the cover of this uh, Criterion release of uh, one sings, the other doesn't. Yeah, that's pretty. I really like that. Did, did she? Um, one on the left kind of reminds me of Iris a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely, no joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh my goodness! Sing? Okay, yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry. When a seventeen-year-old Pauline helps struggling mother of two Suzanne procure the money for an abortion, a deep bond forms between the two. One that endures over the course of more than a decade, as each searches for her place in the world. God yeah. damn it! <laughs> I, might I don't not. need that in my life. Yeah, I might not watch that. I mean, what? Last month we had the suckling. This month we get one sings, the other doesn't. Yeah. Um, Madam X, Lana Turner. Uh, Greta, uh, I heard some shit about this one too. Um, wow, that's a summary. A young woman befriends a lonely widow. Yep, I'm fine. It's, yeah, I, I've heard it's. Some people like gave it like very very high marks for uh, quality of of the acting and whatnot, but then I read some other reviews that like tore it to pieces. Said it was shit. Uh, Oh, there's one that I think you you told me about, uh, Lords of Chaos. Yes. Yeah, um, you told me about this a while ago. Yes, it's a very famous story amongst um, amongst the uh, black metal uh, crowd. Um, I read about this. I've read about this in several places, but it's it's true. Uh, the forget the name of the band. I think they're still around. Uh, not with the original lineup, of course, because uh, one of them's dead and the other one's in prison. Um, Mayhem, the band Mayhem. Um, gotcha. Yes, uh, really fascinating story. Uh, really, I find it to be a very fascinating genre of music. Um, I'm not knocking you if you like it. I find it unbearable. Um, I actually have a couple of really good friends that really enjoy this genre, and I cannot get into it. But I'm fascinated with it, <laughs> and uh, I'm no, definitely going to watch I can this. Relate. No, I, I can relate, because I actually think I agree with you 100%. It's not my kind of music, no. but, but I, I can know. I can observe it from afar and appreciate it on some level. Um, starring Rory Culkin. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember you telling me about this, so I, um, maybe I'll red box I'm, that or something I'm, if it makes, I'm excited it, about makes that. its way there. 
Um, what else we got here? It's kind do, of do. winding down here. Uh, Olivia Wilde, I forgot she did stuff. Uh, yeah, she does stuff occasionally. Um, yeah. Oh shit! Is that Ike Barinholtz? The yeah. Wahlberg. Yeah. On the cover of a film. I just watched Neighbors last night, and he just fucking crushes it. <laughs> uh, what is this? Uh, a record of sweet murder. This is a Japanese film. I'm not. Yeah, familiar with. it doesn't uh, look happy. A South Korean journalist and a Japanese cameraman in South Korea are invited to an abandoned apartment one day. They are invited by a murderer, and they know it. While there, they stumble upon a video featuring the murderer. The police believe the wanted criminal has committed 18 murders, but the criminal claims he has already killed 25. He furthermore claims that if he completes the killing of all 27 on his list, not only will his dead friend be resurrected, but also all 27 will come back to life. A divine voice had told the murderer it would be so. And this cover looks very Lovecraftian. It does. Uh, I know nothing about this, but that cover definitely grabs you. Um, Unearthed Films. I don't recognize that distributor, or publisher, rather. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, Oh, Unity of Heroes looked like hot garbage, but it's such a... It's... So... um, the Avengers, Kyle. Are you familiar? Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie, if I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, is essentially the uh, Chinese Avengers, but for like historic historic figures in martial arts history. Gotcha. So like fam- famous Chinese martial artists throughout the years, uh, and like one fake one because why not? Um, I have no idea how this story comes together, but like watching the trailer for it was just utterly baffling. There's a lot of talented performers in it, but it looks really fucking cheap and just weird. <laughs> weird and stupid. Oh, um, it, it, Essentially, it's something I should be excited about on paper, but then when you actually look at the product they made, it's like, fuck, that could have been better. <laughs> oh, uh, this is an anime that actually I would like you to maybe consider checking out. Uh, it's not Makenki the one with the upskirt shot it's <laughs> the junji ito collection uh so this guy is a manga ka he's a he's a comic writer and a fantastic artist uh, apparently they made an animated version of a lot of his like short stories uh his manga if you've never read them please 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 do uh, i think you'd really really like it I can't speak to the quality of the anime because I've never seen it, but if they cover like a select few of the stories that I've read of his, uh, you might be in for some good shit. The Makin Ki? No, 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 no. Junji Ito. Oh, okay. I was no, gonna say, I don't think is so, mo- Trevor. Ki is most <laughs> definitely not not porn, but you know you're you're supposed to be like fiddling around in your pockets when you're watching it. Gotcha. Okay. But interesting. Yeah, definitely consider it or at the very least uh maybe check out some of his comic because i think you'd really like it okay um, um there's not really much else going on except i for see one. one yep i see one <laughs> and the only reason why i think it's worth noting is because it is a 20 fucking 19 steven seagal release yeah this is one that i think you and i actually probably we probably passed each other like like ships in the night sending each other the same trailer 
Yeah. <laughs> because as soon as we both became aware of this, I think we had the same reaction. Like, he needs to know. Jesus. Um, oh, I think my brother may have sent this one to me, too. Uh, can I um, read it? Can I absolutely. read it? Absolutely. Okay, so, so Steven Seagal on Deadly Ground. Uh, that's, that's the, that's that's the, one, the they one they picked. Yeah. <laughs> Takes on a global crime syndicate. Again, in this powerful action saga, after CIA agent Jake Alexander Segal, man, they cannot find a name for him, sees uh, a member... Hey, I'm going to pause you. you uh, please finish reading it, but Jake Alexander? Yeah. That is the lamest Segal name there has ever been. Yeah, that's not powerful at all. That is not Casey Ryback. That is not Forrest Taft. That is not Nico Toscani. That is not Gino Foligno. Jake That's a good Alexander, one. fuck you. <laughs> Move on, uh, please. After Jake Alexander sees a member of his team killed during a sting operation, he demands revenge against guilty mob boss Orsetti. But the CIA won't sanction the hit, obviously. So Jake and his crew quit the quit the agency, and he takes people with him. To <laughs> well, somebody he convinces has to carry other... out the action scenes, Kyle. Oh it's God. not going to be him. So Jake and his crew quit the agency and form a task force with one just one mission, vengeance. Full of explosive action, thrilling stunts, and bone-crunching fights. Oh, I doubt that. General Commander never lets up. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's really funny about the trailer for this movie is it's one of those trailers where I think they show you the entire movie. <laughs> Every single one like of his movies. Every single one of them now, they show you the entire movie in the trailer. Well, it's because, like, think of the the ratio, like, of of minutes of screen time to, like, minutes of screen time in which he's in the frame. It's, it's like, he's, you, the reason they cut the trailer that way is probably because they exhaust their entire supply of shots that he's in. Yeah. And, yeah, if I remember right, the trailer for this one, like, I... I'm almost positive they show, like, the climactic battle, like, almost in its entirety. Like, to the point that you actually see how he kills the final bad guy. God. It's like, what the fuck? What's the point of watching it then? By the way, the cover art for this is horrendous. Yeah, his... And, and apparently they couldn't even license, like, the Blu-ray symbol for the for the JPEG. I guess not. Because the... it's just a blue plastic box with no symbols on it. It's the same, it's the same letters from Predator. It's the same font. Yeah, just without the the slices, like yeah. the thin the thin slices. Uh, but yeah, that is a really lazy cover. It's sad. Yeesh. I'll probably end up watching it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I will too. Most definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that appears to be the last significant release of uh, mm. May 2019. Very, I'm very happy with how that came together, uh, ending on a Steven Seagal film. Yeah. Uh, so Kyle, um, were there any releases this month that jumped out at you as things that you'd like to see or maybe pick up at some point? Um, I'm not going to buy Lords of Chaos, I mean, obviously, but I'm going to watch it. Um, I do want to, I do really enjoy Hannibal and I find it to be a very rewatchable movie. I don't know what it is about it. Um, I don't think I'll get it on 4K, but I do think I'm going to pick it up on Blu-ray. Definitely found some movies I want to watch. Let's see here. Um, As far as a Blu-ray this month, I don't see one that I absolutely need. Maybe we we, we skipped over it because it was a re-release, but Pitch Black is one that I wouldn't mind revisiting. Um, I I remember really liking that one. The Jurassic Dead looks like a (laughs) Nice. 
Um, yeah, I saw Pitch Black in the theater. It was, you could tell it was low budget, um, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I don't see one that I absolutely need. Yeah, it. I'm kind of surprised. You would think May would be like a really big month for physical releases. Maybe, maybe the publishers are like maybe they got wise to the fact that there are way too many theatrical releases in May. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, it's like if you're budgeting your media intake, um, people are probably going to be more likely to go to the theater rather than buy DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, I might end up picking up Double Impact because I, I heard MVD, uh, they specialize in schlock like this, and I heard that they're going to put a whole bunch of like special features on it. And it's a it's a fun Van Damme movie to begin with. I happen to like it. Um, they shall I, not grow old. I might... That's one that I might pick up. Just I was about to say that seems like something you might check out. Yeah, that's something I might I might do. Um, Big Brother. If I didn't already own it, I would buy that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, so too bad. Uh, Triple Threat Day One. I'm buying that. Yeah, uh, I'm figured. I'm getting that Day One for sure, and I'm gonna rewatch it and enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I might rent Backdraft too. Just. <laughs> <laughs> just out of mor- morbid curiosity uh nothing else really as far as i can tell uh, yeah i think that might be it for me hmm. um i should probably watch uh they shall not grow old though because you know again similar to straight out of compton it's uh, it's a part of history i should probably know a bit more about yeah um so anyway uh, I think that's about it for this episode of uh, Catching Up on Blu-ray. Correct. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, catch you next time.